0: Well, hello, everybody. My name is Bill Dupenthaler. I'm Mike Conan. And this is the Legacy
1: Discipleship Podcast. Uh, We get asked questions all the time about what our mission is about, and we're a disciple-making ministry. So over these next four episodes, we're going to talk about what does it mean to be a disciple-maker, somebody who is purposefully, personally investing in other people's lives to lead them closer to the Lord. Let's dig in.
0: Well, hello, everybody. Uh, uh, Bill here again with, with Mike, and, and we are really excited for what we're going to be doing today and, and, and for the coming uh, uh, weeks. Uh, as you know, uh, for the past couple of years, we've been talking a lot about discipleship and what it means to be a disciple maker and all those kinds of things around that topic. But uh, for the next uh, little bit of time, We're going to be, uh, we're still talking about that, but we're going to be interviewing some people and introducing you to some people that we really respect and want you to get to know that are in this broad arena of going into the world and and making disciples and and, uh, impact in the world. And so I'm going to hand it over to Mike, and he's going to introduce our first guest.
1: Well. Again, it's a great pleasure to have with us my friend Tom Gard. And Tom and I are in a small group together, and at the same time, I have heard your stories. Tom has been a pastor. How long were you a pastor for, Tom? Uh, 32 years. 32 years as a pastor, and now you're retired from pastoring. I know you still do a little stuff on the side, uh, but what he's going to tell us about today is stuff that just blew my mind, and you guys have probably heard this stuff before. Um, but I bet you haven't heard some of these stories, and these are the stories that get my spirit like all excited, because when I talk to Tom, I'm reminded that God is real, and God does amazing stuff, and God uh, especially has used you, Tom, to reach people who are in need and bring healing to people, and as we think about discipleship, one of the things we think about and get questions about is, how do I start the journey? How do I introduce people to Jesus? I mean, that's the first step in discipleship Mm -hmm. is introducing people to Jesus. And what Tom does to introduce people to Jesus is he shows them Jesus through miracles. And uh, it's, again, he may not be the guy who's taking all of them through the discipleship journey, but he begins the discipleship journey this way. And I I was so intrigued by how you start this journey of people. And I don't want to talk much more because you have a lot more good stuff to say and I want to hear it. But if you don't mind... Could you start with that story and uh, my one of your favorites and my favorite story of how you got into this whole healing thing because it's pretty awesome and I'd, I'd love for everybody to hear it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Mike. Well, as you know, uh, several years ago, it was back 2016, my wife was passing away and was in a hospital and had MS. And so she was paralyzed and during that time, I I thought, well, we've tried everything medically. We had gone to Mayo Clinic and had gone everywhere and she'd been under treatment for a long time. And I thought... you you know, I know miracles happen. And so I started looking on YouTube of all places, you know, uh, uh, just kind of did a Google search, you know, on YouTube for, um, healing ministries or something like that. And, and, and so there were various people who were pretty famous people, a lot of people know about. And, um, Todd White, and um, uh, there was Doug Collins from back in Detroit area, and just out here in Shoreline, there's Tom Loud, who's a pastor of a church and does a great job of training people to go out and pray for people and then engage them in a meaningful conversation about Jesus. So Mm. there are uh, a lot of uh, just regular, ordinary uh, Christians out there who have come to realize who they are and what their identity is and, and realize that Jesus has made the made the commandment to his disciples to go out and heal people and also preach the gospel. It's not mutually exclusive. Do one or the other. It's doing the two together. And hmm. and um, so my desire was to find out uh, so that I could pray for my, my wife yeah. and to see some results because we had come to the end of our ropes. Hmm. So we were in a rehab hospital and She was about, I would say, about four months away from passing. And um, friends of mine who went to a Bible study with me uh, uh, volunteered to come up and pray with me for her. And so we were praying together, and I was very, very grateful for that. And so then I uh, felt nudged by the holy spirit to pray for everyone on that uh, floor in the hospital in this rehab hospital and so i asked would any of you be available to go around and pray for people And one of the gals there, Beth, said, well, yes, I'm off work, so I have some time, and sure, why don't we do this? And so I said, well, listen, let's go down to the nursing station and ask the nurses if it would be okay with them uh, and the medical staff if we prayed for people in the hospital. So we got permission to do so and went down there and And uh, then I said, well, we need to start somewhere. Why don't we start here uh, at the end of this hallway here? And I I think we can just start there and just do everyone else and the nurse right away she says that would be a complete waste of time that gal down there is 26 years old she had a spinal cord injury and she can't move her right leg or right arm and the doctors have said there is no hope for her ever recovering she even though she's in a rehab hospital and she'll always be in an institution so that would just be a waste of time and (laughs) I didn't think about what I was going to say before I said it. It just kind of came out of my mouth. And so I think, you know, the Lord will give you words to say when, you know, and and, uh, so that's kind of what happened. And so I, I, I just said, well, we need to start somewhere. And why don't we just see what Jesus does? Well, I had spent 32 years praying for people, as you're obligated to do. See, when someone's sick, go out and pray for them. And and when they're injured or ill or whatever, or really aged or whatever. And so... uh, I I just said let's just see what Jesus does, and we walked in there. I had never seen a miracle before in my life. I'm a Presbyterian, <laughs> so Father, Son, so, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so, so I went down. I, I Beth and I went in there, and she's Lakota. This was in Fargo, North Dakota. Okay, in a hospital in Fargo, and. Um, I was living in Fergus Falls at the time, which is about an hour away from there. Anyway, we went into the room and uh, introduced ourselves to uh, uh, Cassie and uh, her mother. And we just basically said, we'd like to pray f- for you. And we're not going to pray a long time, but we're just going to pray, okay? Uh, yeah, sure, that'll be fine. Oh, okay. And so we came inside uh, the room and... Uh, she, she really, was uh, but, before COVID. Before COVID. <laughs> yeah. <yes>. When you <laughs> could actually do this kind 2016, of 2016. <laughs> I tell you, oh, that put a damper on my enthusiasm. <laughs> yes. That COVID was a really terrible thing. Yeah. So, so there we were, and uh, we just started praying for her. And the way we prayed was a little bit different. What I had learned. You know, I would encourage you, those of you who are listening to, you know, check out some of the, you know, just Google on YouTube, um, do a search and look for people who pray for people and, uh, notice something about the way they pray for people is that they thank God, thank you God for who you are. And I thank you for this person and that you love this person and, um, so, um, now in Jesus name i command you know this broken arm to be mended be made new just the way it was before your accident and and, and um, that kind of thing you're speaking to whatever the condition is so and is there a a correlation between
0: how loud do you speak and how much, you know, that's enthusiasm great,
2: you have with the results? That's a great question. And the louder you scream, the more healing that I, That's what no. I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. In fact, it has nothing to do with it. And so, and I'll tie that, I'll, I'll answer some more of that question uh, at the end of the story. But... um We started praying for Cassie and she was praying, Beth was praying for her arm and I was praying for her leg Because that was the closest proximity and we really weren't doing any hands-on kind of stuff or anything like that Um, Respecting distance I guess so um, We we were praying and just simply saying God Thank you for Cassie and and she's paralyzed her spinal cord is injured and so now we speak to the spinal cord, be healed, and leg be healed, and right arm be healed, and now, okay, amen, thank you Jesus for hearing our prayer, now move them. Nothing. Mm. Okay, we're going to do this again, because sometimes <laughs> Jesus prayed for someone more than once, so we're going to do it too. So we prayed again, just a short, direct, quick prayer, be healed. We claim the blood of Jesus over Cassie, we... Um, come before you and we command this to happen. Now, move your right arm, move your left leg, or right leg, Uh, nothing. Well, let's pray the third time. So we prayed again and in the same kind of a manner and just believing that something would happen. And then we said, then finally, um, well, after we prayed a couple of times, then Beth was praying in tongues. And I said to myself, Oh, yes, I prayed in tongues back in 1969 in Haver, Montana. I guess I could do it again. She's praying in tongues. I don't want her to feel odd. Here, I better pray in tongues, too. So for the first time since 1969, in 2016, I started praying in tongues for Cassie. So there the two of us were, prayed for her, and then start, didn't know what else to do. So prayed for just a couple of minutes, uh, realizing that we had everybody else not in the whole hospital to, to pray for. So we made it pretty quick and, uh, nothing happened. And so then I said to the mom, um, well, listen, um, uh, we have all these people to pray for. I'm, will come back tomorrow and check up on Cassie and pray again. So great to meet you. And, you know, God bless you and I hope you get better. And, and we left and went to all the other rooms and prayed for other people too. <clears throat> the next day, the mother came into my wife's room and said, Did you hear what happened to Cassie right after you left? Five minutes after you left, guess what happened? And I said, Listen, you can't blame me for anything <laughs> bad that happened to her. I just, you know, I'm not responsible for that. So you're telling me something bad happened to your daughter. You know, come on. Don't. Don't start getting mean with me or something like that's what I was thinking. I didn't say that to her and she said after you left, then she had full mobility of her right arm and right leg and my jaw after I picked it up off the ground, you know, then I began to speak and I said, what? You know, so I was amazed and went down to see her and um, she hugged me so hard. I could hardly get loose you know she was so grateful that she could move again and she was just so thankful i tell you uh do you like to golf do you really enjoy it when you hit a long drive and it lands on the green what a thrill that is or maybe you play baseball and you hit that home run and you go man that felt great i tell you i never i remember catching salmon and just the heart pumping and feeling so excited Nothing compares to uh, the excitement of seeing someone healed except for when someone comes to Christ. Mm. So the thrill of that was absolutely amazing. And then uh, after we visited for a while, then um, I went back to the room, and here comes the doctor. And the doctor says, "Uh, I had heard there were miracles, but I'd never seen one. That is absolutely amazing. You must be a holy man. And I said, well, my wife's right there. You can ask her about that. Um, But I, I, I said, well, actually, it had nothing to do with my holiness, but it just had to do with having faith in Christ. And he showed up and did that. It was all Jesus. All we did is we prayed, and then Jesus does the healing. And so we're just obedient to him. I can't force someone to be healed. I have no power like that, but it's just believe in Jesus, and Jesus is alive, and Jesus heals people. And uh, he was rather astounded. So it gave me an opportunity to say that. So uh, that was just one of of several different uh, miracles that happened. There was another guy, I'll just briefly refer to some other people, but there was another guy who had blackouts, and I prayed for him, and his blackouts went away. And then he was his kidneys were failing. And so the nurses shook their head. I said, he doesn't have long, does he? And, and the nurses said, mm. you know, they couldn't say, right. you know, anything. <clears throat> but, um, uh, so, so I said, well, Frank, uh, I prayed for you before and you were healed of a condition and now you have a kidney failure. That means you probably don't have long. Do you want me to pray again? And he said, yes. So I prayed for him. Uh, you feel anything? Well, no, not really. And it was late at night, so I went home and came back the next day, and Frank, who was lying in his bed, looked kind of grayish-colored, uh, like right before someone passes yeah. away. Those of us who are pastors, we've seen people, okay, they look gray. Yeah. They look like they're going to pass away. And um, mm. what happened was... <laughs> you, he isn't in his room. Oh, did Frank pass? No, he's out in the hallway walking around. He had been just in his bed, and I said, what, what happened? And he said, well, I, am I, you know, it. my kidneys started working, and I had to go to the bathroom, and then I was doing just fine. Another guy with a leg <clears throat> that was, had been injured, and he couldn't put weight on it. He could stand on both legs, but if he he can stand on his left leg, but not his right. <clears throat> and I prayed for that, and it was instantly healed. Someone else uh, had um, uh, asthma, and I was talking to her on the phone, and uh, she stopped talking, wasn't able to talk, her voice went away. And I said, what, what, "What's what's wrong?" She said, "I have asthma." Oh, do you want me to pray for your asthma, and the Lord will take it away? And. Um, So she said, yes. And I prayed for her, and all of a sudden her voice just came back. Why don't you go to the doctor and have him check that for you? She calls me back in two weeks and said, my doctor that I've had for years and years and years, I've had asthma since I was 12. She said, there's no trace of asthma. Asthma is incurable. And it was no trace of it. So it was just like, what? And uh, so, so that was on phone, so i 'm not laying hands on anybody. it's just on the phone. And then I was texting a prayer. I started texting prayers. People would request prayers. guy had bad knees and bad lungs, prayed for him, just texted a prayer to him. He said he stepped outside to walk his dog, and suddenly he realized, oh. I feel like a rushing wind blowing through me, but it's calm. Oh, I can breathe. Oh, wait a minute. I don't have any knee pain. And he came back inside and looked looked at his uh, cell phone and saw my text for those things to be healed, for his knees and his lungs to be healed, right after. Yeah, it was right after I sent it to him. So uh, people get healed. I was down here at Safeway here in Gig Harbor, and a guy was, he had... um, muscular dystrophy, and he was uh, just in a painful situation in one of these wheelchairs. it was on the corner by Safeway, and I was leaving to go home, and I stopped and went around, came back. I think what happened to me, what the Lord did, is a lot of times people will see someone who's in a wheelchair or in some kind of condition or mangled in some way and just think, oh, you know, stay away from me. I want to be around happy people or something
1: like that. Not far from the truth there. And
2: not far from the truth. There's a condition where you just kind of avoid people who are suffering. Well, Jesus didn't avoid people who were suffering. He engaged them. Mm -hmm. And so I find myself, when I'm out and about, to go get coffee, or to go to the grocery store, or to, to go for a walk, or whatever, I look, and I, I look for someone who has some, might be limping, or something like that, and I just engage them, and to r- kind of uh, connect it with making disciples, when you, when you go to pray for someone, you kind of have to have some kind of a feeling of how to approach them, how how do I make the approach, and <clears throat> After praying for Cassie in the hospital, then Beth and I, we said, "Well, let's go to the mall and do this." And we went, we went to the mall, and oh, uh, hi! We're uh, we're pr- we're praying for people. Would you mind if we prayed for you? you know, we just didn't know what to say. We we just didn't. It was just a different environment, and we felt goofy and awkward and everything. But when I I've learned so much. From other people who pray for people in their ministry, and they know how to just simply say, "Say, uh, do you have any pain? And maybe your head, your neck, your shoulders, your back, your arms, elbows, hand, wrist. You know, hips, legs." Knees, ankles, oh, is that what you, you, a lot of times if you say, do you have any pain? People will say no. But if you start going through the body, they'll go, oh, that reminds Naturally, me. I do. Yeah, actually, yeah. I do have some pain. Do you, would you be offended if I prayed for that pain to go away? I pray for people and Jesus heals them. It's a great line. That's a bold line. And it sounds like, well, you're being kind of arrogant. No, I'm talking about what Jesus does for people. So, so the approach is made and, and then the prayer is, it's not like now here's the incantation. Make sure you get every word right. No, that's not what it's about, but rather it's about just engaging the person and thanking God for them and saying that God loves you. And if it, if you're healed today, that would be that Jesus is speaking to you. He's saying something, right? A lot of people say, hey, where's God? Well, uh, uh, here's an example. And, and, and then you just go ahead and pray and then ask them right away. Uh, did you had difficulty moving your arm? Well, can you do something with it now that you couldn't do before? You, know, lift, you couldn't lift your arm up over your head? Lift it up and see if you can. And so many times, you know, walk around. You couldn't you couldn't walk well, try now. Set mm-hmm. down your cane and take a walk. And people do, and they go, wow. And then there's an opportunity, then. What what happened? Why did that happen? Because Jesus loves you mm. and He wants you to be closer to Him. Would you like to know how to do that? Do you know the Lord? You know, are you His follower? so you ask some questions right. and find out where they're at. And, and and then you take it from there.
1: I love it. You know, Tom, as you're talking and as you're sharing those stories, I know Bill's got the same thing going on. Man, how cool is this that you get this? And, and we know other guys that have a healing ministry. But, you know, the majority of people that listen to this podcast probably have never done what you're doing. They're, they're pre-Tom 2016, you know. So what would you say to yourself you know, if you could go back and, you know, you had the Back to the Future, you know, DeLorean and you could jump in and you hit 2000 in your, you know, magic, you know, DeLorean. And you could go talk to yourself and say, hey, this is what you should think about, you know, and this is what could really make an impact. What what would you do? You know, like, what would you say to yourself, assuming you're talking to a bunch of guys who are that 2000 Tom rather than the 2023
2: Tom? I think I would do what Tom Loud over in Shore. Shoreview, Shore... uh, Shoreline? Shoreline. 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 What, Shoreline?
1: I used to live in Sherwood. Sherwood, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Shoreline.
2: Uh, I think I would do what he does. And sometimes it's on Sunday afternoon after church at like 2 o'clock. I'm going to be at the mall. Any of you who want to learn how to pray for people and see Jesus heal them, come join me there. I'll be at such and such a place. Meet me there. And uh, then he'll just take people out. And he'll disciple them in terms of praying for people. And so they will watch as he demonstrates what he, what, what he does and what he says. And it's great the way Tom, I hear I sound like a commercial for Tom Loud. But it's uh, all good, Brian. But uh, it, it's just wonderful how he says, you know, bones, ligaments, joints cartilage, nerves, muscles, all be healed right now in Jesus' name. And uh, that's just such a beautiful prayer, just to pray specifically for whatever is going on. I remember talking to a gal that I knew quite well, and she felt very guilty, and she was full of self-condemnation. And I said, boy, that's like a burden, isn't it? She said, yes, it is. Would you like for me to pray for that burden to be lifted Hmm. of self-condemnation to go away? And Jesus will take it away from you right now. Wow. On the phone. And she said, yes, I would. Hmm. (laughs) You finally, because you've been kicking yourself, haven't you? Yes, I have. Okay, let's pray. You know, repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, Jesus, I've been kicking myself. I've been kicking myself please forgive me and help me to stop kicking myself and she finished the prayer and then she, and she said tom tom a heavy burden just lifted off of me physically mm-hmm. i felt the burden and i said what <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so i was so new at this wow. you know i mean a, an experienced pastor of 32 years and yet so very inexperienced so i'm very humble about that one of the things that led up to um, my praying for people and seeing some uh, success in that was <clears throat> that um, the Lord's basically said, uh, you know, saying, humble yourself. And I knew that humbling yourself had to do with fasting. So I fasted for seven days. And during that seven days, suddenly my eyes were opened as I was reading scripture and praying. Uh, you know, I'm kind of arrogant and I'm kind of self-righteous. And man, I'd preach sermons against that. And yet I can see it in myself. Other people saw it, told me about it, but I didn't see it. But suddenly I did during that time of fasting. I repented. I repented in tears over that because I realized, oh man, that's not who I want to be. I want to be more like you, not like this. And uh and then that's when the miracle started was after that. So I think it was a revival. <clears throat> yeah. So can I ask a question? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mike.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, I was thinking that I bet one of the one of the natural questions that 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 a lot of people are thinking is, um, okay, what about all the times that you know we prayed and prayed and prayed and they weren't healed? And and we all know plenty of people that that, you know we prayed and prayed and they died we prayed and prayed and they didn't get the job we prayed and prayed and 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 nothing happened and and what do you say to them and and then also just just to the average person because you were a pastor for many many years and and obviously prayed for many people over the years and didn't see the same kind of things that you're seeing now i mean we all have prayed for many people and have not seen those kinds of things and you know what how do you Address some of those those uh, questions that I think people will have.
2: Yeah, right. I, I could have responded and said, uh, "Well, Lord, you didn't heal my wife, so I'm not going to pray for anybody anymore because you don't listen." Or right. I could have right. responded right. like that, right. and I guess some some might, but I I didn't do that. Well, if you say, "Well, I prayed for that guy and that guy wasn't healed," uh, so therefore I'm not going to pray for anybody. Right. Um, That's the demon that plays with us, and it's fear. And that's the thing that we have to deal with and say, I die to myself, and I die to my, oh, how am I going to look if this guy isn't healed? Oh my gosh, what are they going to say? Oh, you fraud, you know, or something like that. You're afraid of what someone else is going to say to you. Well, you know what the cure for that is, is to die to yourself, and rise with Christ and be used by him. You know, we die and are raised by Christ in order to do something, and that is to do what he and his disciples did, preach the gospel and also heal people. Paul said, "I'm glad we didn't come to you in fancy words, but rather with a demonstration of the Spirit's power." Right. And so, uh, how's that power going to be displayed by shutting our mouths? Well, it didn't work once, so I better never do that again. Right. You know, that my wife wasn't healed, but the, I kept on going. And so I've prayed for people and nothing happened. But I do I stop praying for people? No. The the guy with muscular dystrophy, I just prayed for his pain to go. And I I said, pain, go all, 100%, go. What Your pain level was eight. What is it now? About a seven. Well, let me pray again. And I prayed like crazy. What is it now? About a six. Okay, I'm gonna pray again. Okay, now what is it? Well, it's a five. <laughs> and he could barely speak but he said it is leaving hmm. and so i kept hammering away so i think that it's not our persistence that brings the miracle it's the goodness and the graciousness of god and it's jesus who causes the miracle <laughs> our simple assignment is just to do the do the prayer yeah
1: so sometimes you know when you're praying for people <clears throat> jesus shows up in one way where he brings the healing that is what you are hoping for, and maybe another way Jesus shows up in a different way, where He's got a path that person's on that He doesn't want to take them off of. Is that kind of your perspective on it when you think about those things?
2: Jesus, or- Jesus has His reasons for healing who He wants to heal, and mm-hmm. and, and it's inexplicable. I I confess I'm I'm no genius, yeah. uh, and I, I don't know I don't know why why Jesus does what He does, but I know that He works. I, I know that there are people who pray for people who are dead and they come back to life. And thank yeah. God. You yeah, know, that that's something to get excited about. I think one of the things I want to say is that it's just so exciting. It's so exciting. And um, yeah, watch watch Tom Loud. He has a great method, great approach, and has such a good transition from, you're healed, man. How long did you have that pain? Nine months, and it went away instantly? That's amazing. Do you know Jesus? Hmm. You know,
1: Jesus loves you. Would you like to know him better? Yeah. Well, as we kind of, you know, <clears throat> wind this down, I do think one of the other things, and we'll just go a couple minutes here, you know, like, yeah. um, w- one of the things I do think about is, do you, Were you able to track down and see if these miracles actually were, you know, like an adrenaline hit or if they actually, you know, were cured or if they had, I mean, it's, I'm sure you're able to keep track of Cassie. Does she, does she still have her mobility and those things? She know? still
2: has her mobility. So, yeah. And, and Frank was transferred. You know, I, I was building a pretty good relationship with Frank. And then I came back to the hospital one day. Oh where's Frank? Oh, he's been transferred. You know, he's gone. What? You know, so I I felt like I was right in the process of making a disciple. But when you're trying to make a disciple in a hospital, they might be discharged on you. Yeah. So and I just, that was sad to me. Yeah. Because I was, yeah. Yeah.
1: So we're going to give you, you know, the last 30 seconds here before we wind it down. So you get you get to give the people one message for them. Like, you know, that, what are they supposed to take out of this that, that you would want them to take out of it? You yeah. look right in the camera and you tell them what you want them to do.
2: Well, I I think that, you know, many times people are very, very concerned about getting into heaven. And that's very, the very good reasons for that. But... Our life on earth and our discipleship here also has to do with getting heaven into us. Mm -hmm. And that getting heaven into us, getting the Holy Spirit into us and experiencing forgiveness and repenting from arrogance and things like that and pride is so very important and effective for us to be free and not to be afraid, to have boldness and Love and gentleness and a sound mind and not fear. So that's the important thing Mm. Uh, Be a disciple you'll find it It's just exciting to pray for people and see them healed. I Prayed for people who just when they see me they just give me a big hug because they just Love the fact that I prayed for them. Mm. I've only been chased out of one mall so (laughs) I've never had anyone throw a rock at me or hit me with a stick. So it's no big deal. Well, thank you, Tom, for uh, sharing all this with
0: us. And I, I know we could go on, you know, for hours, but uh, but we're not going to. Uh, but we're so grateful for that. And it, it's very encouraging. And we really do hope this has been encouraging for you as well. Uh, we just finished celebrating Easter, uh, celebrating the fact that Jesus is alive and and, and, and we have firsthand evidence, you know, that he is still alive. And that's pretty cool, you know. And, and so we hope that, that that's been encouraging to you. And, and by the way, uh, we hope this, this podcast is encouraging to you. And if it is, like, please do uh, uh, like, subscribe, share this with other people that you think would be encouraged by it as well. And, and uh, check out our website, OurTrueLegacy.com. We have lots of resources there for you. We'd love to figure out ways to get you more involved in the discipleship process, and we sure love uh, your support as well in, in all the things that we're doing. So uh, we're just grateful, and grateful to you, Tom. And um, let's just continue to be
1: disciples who make disciples. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen.
1: Well, thanks again for listening. We appreciate it. And we hope that this little series on disciple-making encourages you as you think about becoming a disciple who makes disciples. Yeah, and we would love it if you would uh, support what we're doing. Uh, check out our
0: website, OurTrueLegacy.com. And we've got all kinds of great resources for you there. And, and we'd love to see you jump on board supporting us. Also, thanks for being a, a listener and a watcher of what we're doing. Uh, and help people find out about us by liking, sharing, subscribing, uh, let people know about what we're doing. So thanks again, you guys, for being a part of all we're doing.